Welcome to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast, brought to you by Worship Catalyst. Worship Catalyst is a nonprofit ministry built to help people find and worship Jesus by mentoring and training worship leaders and their teams. This podcast is part of that mission. In the next few minutes, it is our goal to help you do more with less. For more information and resources or to connect with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another uh, episode of the Worship Leader Essentials podcast. Austin Ryan here, your host, and we have a dream team here, a God squad, a crew of awesome people that we're going to be talking to today. They're all worship leaders from all across the United States, and we're going to be talking about a really important topic, and that is how do you win your team over? Let me tell you why this came up. I was talking to a a pastor the other day, and he was telling me that uh, his worship leader was really struggling on two or three areas, and the results of the struggle was that the team had quit following the worship leader. Like, they were kind of going around the worship leader to talk to the pastor about the worship leader, which is a terrible situation, absolutely awful. And so what we want to do is just to help you as a worship leader, you as a pastor team, to figure out how to actually win your team over and keep them you know, as part of your team, you know, like win, win them to you, win them to the mission, win them to the church, and keep them uh, so you can all be moving forward together on mission. So a uh, little introduction here. Uh, we have Stephen Handley from Jacksonville, Florida. How's it going, Stephen Handley? It's good, man. It's good to be uh, one-third of the God Squad. That's Yes, <laughs> indeed. You got to get t-shirts. So uh, God Squad, let's do that. Let's do that. Worship Cows God Squad. Although I think that the God Squad already exists on like some show like Good Morning America or Today Show or something. They have like a Catholic, a Jew, and a like evangelical that all talk or something like that. They're officially done. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we fired. It's them. over. Sure. <laughs> Steven is a connector for Worship Catalyst in Northeast Florida. Uh, we also have Tono Rodriguez. How's it going, Tono? Hola. ¿Cómo están? Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, okay. thank you for inviting Tono's me. Tono's going to be speaking in Spanish today. Yeah. He's, <laughs> <just kidding. laughs> He's going to speak his best English today. He's on the uh, board for Worship Catalyst, uh, originally from Guatemala. Uh, he lives currently in Salt Lake City as a church planter and also a worship leader. And so, Tono, thank you for being on the team here. Thank you for inviting us. That's a privilege to be here. Oh, you bet, man. Then Lane Wood. How's it going, Lane Wood? How you doing, guys? Good to be here. South Florida, worship pastor of a church down there, and uh, also a connector helping churches all across South Florida. So, um, you guys, let's dive in, man. So, we want to figure this out. We've got uh, leaders listening. We want to win our teams over um, and make sure that we're all on mission together and all you know, no relationship problems, no mission drift, any of that kind of stuff. So how do we win our teams over? Somebody jump in and let's just, I don't know, we'll talk about 10 or 15 of these ideas and hopefully some of them stick for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll kick us off. I, I think we're talking about winning your team and caring for your team. I think um, this one's probably pretty basic, uh, but I think it's the one that's, at least for me personally, I, I just neglect this a lot, is to really pray for your people, pray for your team. Um, and in addition to that, communicate with them, asking how you can pray, how you can come alongside them outside of just like, how can I get you new guitar strings? How can I, you know, get you the new resource for multi-tracks, whatever it is, but no, how, how can I like come alongside you, serve your family? Can I bring you guys a meal? Like if they're going through a tough time, but I think really come along each individual on your team, asking how you can pray, legitimately praying for them. And then also seeing how you can come alongside and just be there with them in life is a huge deal. Hey, Steven, have you experienced where people are open to sharing things that you can actually pray for them and help them with? Or is it kind of like crickets when you ask that question sometimes? I think when you first meet 
individuals on your team, they're going to be a little bit hesitant to let you in. And I yeah. think that's okay. And not trying to force that, but just organically yeah. over time, as you lead with these people more and more, the more they trust you, you know, you're with them weekly, you're joking with them, you're laughing with them, you're encouraging them. They, they're going to let you in. You're going to see, they're going to see things in your life. You're going to see things in their life. And then the Lord just brings things to your mind, I think, to ask about. And then, yeah. you know, there's just trust that's developed over time. So it's just one of those things that happens, I think, organically that we have to be good stewards of as leaders of the team. There's a few people in my life that I feel like God's like led me to pray for more than other people at different seasons, it seems like. And um, one thing that to kind of follow up with your saying, I, I have found myself praying for someone and then God kind of helps me figure out a way to pray for them almost, yeah. you know, while I'm praying for them. Yeah. And I always try to let them know what that was. Hey, like I sent them a text, hey, I was praying for you today and I felt led to pray for you in this way and then like really spell it out for them. And it seems like that has been something that has really endeared and kind of locked people uh, so together good. with me in relationships. So. And I, I think that's so important. So I, I, I've started this thing. I sort of call it spiritual note-taking. So to your point, Stephen, like when I'm talking to my team, like I want them to see that I'm writing down their requests. Mm-hmm. So I think seeing like a tangible representation of me doing that. So I, I not only write it down, I'm then in my calendar, like writing a reminder to follow up, whether it's three days or seven days, like the one that's having surgery, put it in my calendar, text them on that day or call them that day or find out so I can visit them. And then I keep, I just keep like a journal, like a live update of where these are and what it's going. And it shows the team that, Hey, he's not just doing something because he's getting paid to do it. He, he truly cares. So I think that's, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge, man. That follow up and, and, and setting those, like setting the example of that, like being intentional with those things is like, I think crucial. That's such a good point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How many times it happened though, where somebody's like shares a prayer need and then the next week they report on it and you go, Oh Yeah. Yeah, you talked about that last week. <laughs> you never thought about it one time. So, yeah, let's not talk so about it. it's the opposite of that, is what you're saying. Exactly. The opposite of all of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So we're praying, and we're being intentional about really praying. I love the way you said that, uh, and following up and helping. How can we? How can I serve you in that way? Yeah, before we say something different, right? Like Because praying for them, and you're really showing that you care for them. That's, mm. that's, the, that's the main thing here, right? And, um, and it can be like the newest member of the team or the oldest member of the team but if we do this it's gonna start creating the culture that everybody's gonna care for each other and pray for each other so as leaders we can also use that at the prayer time and really um ask questions as you were saying right how this is going like not just wait for the next uh mm-hmm. time that we see each other but how for example if it's a prayer request for the family member how is the family member deal so I mean, all of that is gonna create also in our in our in our members like the same thing that we care for each other. That's so good, man. Love it. All right, so we got a lot of prayer, a lot of focus on people. What else, man? I try to celebrate my team. So I'm I'm pretty new at my church. I've been here three years. Uh, I had served at another church for over ten years, so I got to know my people really well. And then having to do it all over uh, was was challenging. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a relational guy. So I wanted to get in quickly, but it, it takes time to build trust. So a couple of things I do, like, so one thing I budgeted in to on their birthday, I uh, send them a, a Starbucks gift card or a coffee nice. gift card. Every one of their birthdays, I've got it on my calendar and I send it. And it's just a way to say, hey, love you, care for you, appreciate you. And in that same way, I'm trying to schedule regular gatherings uh, as a team, a full team. So I do it with my actual worship team and then as my tech team. Um, these are usually quarterly and there's not an agenda other than we get together, we eat and we hang. 
and we'll sing a couple songs, but it's just to just to hang out and do life because I want them to realize that, yeah, this is a job for sure. But more than that, I care for you. I don't want you to look at it as just a job for me. Yeah. So I love that. And so then at the end of that gathering, you don't like, hey, while we're here, let's do a little training on the soundboard. None of that. None of that at all, man. Just life. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. I love it. That's so good, man. I love that. I love that you budget for that. You know, like you create a little budget line item. I remember when I started doing that, uh, back when I was in a church that had like virtually no budget, that was one of the little things I put in the budget was to do stuff like that. And um, man, I really had to explain it to the finance team and yeah. kind of fight for it, you know, because that was an easy one for them to cut. Right, right. All right, what else, guys? I think one of the one of the ones that I was like ready to say is like, treat them with respect, right? Mm. Uh, I think it's something that um, that I mean, as Christians, we should have that, right, and and nail that. But uh, I mean, there will be times where where like uh, the practice or something something happened or somebody didn't come like uh, ready for the practice or or this uh, situation that can happen in the technical ways, but I think we showing our respect for them. Uh, it will again go to the point that we were saying that the, at the beginning. Show them that we care for them, and we see them also like our partners and things that we're doing together. Mm. Yeah, I think there's this. Um, I think there's sometimes this tendency in our leadership to get a little bit harsh on people when they're when they don't live up to the expectations that we have for them, and maybe that happens a, a little bit more earlier in our leadership. I know that you got to meander through that, right? Because <laughs> At first, we want to just keep everybody in line, but I really appreciate you saying that, man, because there's a time for that, but there's probably a reason that they're late, and that's what we want to understand in their life. You know what I mean? I think another thing, too, and kind of in addition to this thought of like respecting and caring for your team, you know, we we talked about prayer and, and celebrating and, and gathering together. I think one way to win the, the team is is fight for them to be able to go to church and rest. Mm. Like, I think there's this high production tendency that we can fall into, at least in my personality, where it's like, it's got to be, it's got to look like this. It's got to meet these things. We got to have this role. We got to sound like this and all of these things. I get into a checklist mentality. Mm. And if somebody's not meeting that, I'm like, well, now our team's not, um, we're not meeting the goals. And really, I think before we get there, it's like, man, I, I have to value and care for them to make sure that they're <laughs> spiritually healthy, physically healthy. Yeah. And so, man, if they creating margin, um, I mean, you can do this with rotations on your team. That's huge. Um, but also like knowing, hey, you know, we're going to do something simpler this Sunday so that the, the team can just come to church um, mm. and just be there for no, with no responsibility other than just to gather with the congregation that Sunday. I think building that into your rhythm um, one shows them that God doesn't need any of us, <laughs> you know, God does, God is going to move and, and he chooses to use us in, in a beautiful way for his glory. But, but in addition to that, it just also shows that you care about more than just their musical talent and their gifts, uh, but their relationship with the Lord and their relationship with the church. I think that's good, man. I, I, I do that in a way of like, we, so it, to be a member at our church, it's important, but even more so on the platform, I want every one of my team members to be in a small group together, um, yeah. or with, whether it's with other people. And so the point, again, I don't want you leading it. I don't want you in there for uh, just because you have to sign a checklist, but I want you in there because that's how you can grow in your discipleship and grow in your relationship with the Lord and fellowship with others away from a Sunday. Because I think musicians have that tendency a lot of times, like we have, there's a platform ministry 
And it's so easy to get up there and to do it and to do it well. And then that's all it is, man. Church is church is just that performance. So I really try to push hard with my people that, hey, I want you in a small group, just like I'm in one. Um, yeah. So that we grow away from that Sunday morning spotlight type of thing. Yeah. When I think of some of the people I've been in ministry with the longest that are the most, we're the most together in ministry. I I remember things that we did that had nothing to do with church or Jesus or anything else, like uh, just going to rock concerts together, you know, yeah. or um, or me hanging out at their kids' baseball game or whatever. And I think there's something about life that has nothing to do with you or to do with your job that kind of makes people realize, I think Tono or one of y'all said that like we, we care more, we care about you, not just about what you can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even asking, you know, like, Hey, which, Oh, I hear you talking about your kids plays football. What, what night are the games? You know, what, can you get me the schedule and then figure out a way to get to, get to something? And I know if you have a huge ministry, that may be a little challenging, but you can do something, you know? That's so important. Yeah. Find out what makes your team tick. Find out about their kids, find out their interests, and then jump into it, man. I've I've researched so many random things that honestly I could care less about, but I know it. I know that my team member cares about it, and I become an expert in it real quickly just so I can have a conversation with it, and it shows you care. So that's good. And this yeah. interest it's really interesting, right? Because if we do life with them, right? If we also care for them, I mean, our friendships also are growing. And what we're doing, what we do at church, right in the front, we feel like, I mean, Holy Spirit is the one that brings the harmony and the unity, right? But also the relationships that we have been building with them also in the practical way. I mean, we're one band. It's not like, uh, you know, they are like doing something different, but because we're doing live with them, showing that we care. And it's special because that's uh, come from them to us too, because we know that this is something like uh, that we can receive from them too. So. I don't know. I'm trying to say like that also will help us to do what we do together. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's another level to that I think that is is uh, interesting because the the people that come and play on your team, unless you pay them, which the vast majority of churches don't pay their musicians or their technologists, they're coming into your sphere. Now I realize they don't necessarily see it that way because it's God and it's ministry and it's way bigger than you. But they they're coming into your sphere and donating your their time, and they're giving their money to be to be a part of it, and all these things. And I think reciprocating that shows people that you really understand how much they understand how much you care about it. So if they have some other cause that they're a part of, man, donate your time to it. If they have fundraiser for some ministry that they care a lot about or some nonprofit that they care a lot about, unless it's like you know give money to cats, you know, or something like that. Like I would never recommend donating to cat ministry. Anybody else want to speak into that or no? Never. We have a deep, never. deep, deep cat ministry at our church, but you do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll talk about it but, offline. Okay, cool. We can talk about that later. Maybe another podcast on cat ministry. <laughs> but what I, what I think is that if we donate to what they're doing and we show up and we volunteer or whatever it might be, like, um, I think sometimes in church work, we forget how to volunteer because we're getting paid for stuff that people normally don't get paid for. So anyway, that's just another thought I had on that one. Yeah, that's good. 
All right, we got a lot of good ideas here, guys. We're praying uh, for our people. We're celebrating the team in ways of the birthdays and um, scheduling the, the gatherings outside. We're treating people with respect. We're uh, letting them go to church and rest. We're being involved in other activities and games and all that kind of stuff that they're that what they care about. I love uh, Lane that you're like researching stuff. Like I've had to research so much about hunting through the years because I don't hunt. But like I've had so many people that hunt, you know, around me, and so I'm like, oh gosh, I got to know what a, you know, the difference between a rifle and a whatever, you know, yeah, uh, so, you know what kills a deer versus what kills a different animal and all that because that's exactly it. You want to dig into their life and all that kind of stuff. So I appreciate that. What else? What else is on you guys' uh, thoughts and minds today? I got one more question I want to ask you, but what else on this one? Man, one thing sort of piggy, piggybacks to what we said. I would say invite your team along to do things with you, like ministry things, so they could be hospital visits. They could be mm. things that we do that are not like the the sexy tasks or the fun tasks, man, but we bring them with us. And a lot of times, honestly, almost nine, nine out of 10 times, you find that they really want to go do ministry with you away from the platform. So visiting that sick person, uh, going to pick up supplies, and then it just gives you a chance for them to sort of see you away from your main job. And then it gives a chance just to do life together. And you get to show the ministry in action again, like you're saying to where you're not just serving but you're doing it in a different way out of the spotlight and it, and it teaches them that. So there's this choir. When I used to live in Las Vegas, there was this choir that I would watch uh, at this church and they had a spirit of togetherness that I've never seen before. Just like so together, you could tell. And as I dug into that a little bit and start, got to know the, the worship pastor for that church, he told me that they went on mission trips together all the time. And I'm like, oh, that's why. And so that's what you're talking about right there is just like anything from little mission things to, yeah. go somewhere as a group, even together. I think that's awesome. That keeps everybody on mission for sure and on the same page. It's good. I want to ask you guys a question uh, because I think that some of this stuff is easier with people in our own life stage or close to it, right? Because we kind of want to hang out with them anyway. But what if you have people on your team that are either way younger than you or way older than you? How would you process endearing that person to you and to the ministry to kind of win them over? I've got a lot of what I call like legacy members in my church, like older, older members, like 50 and up of our worship team who have been here for some of a lot of them decades. So when the, uh, like the new worship pastor comes in, I think there was a, a fear immediately from them that we're going to get cut. Like we're, we're not going to make the, not going to make the team anymore. He's going to want to go with fresh blood. We're outdated that wasn't the case for me, um, for them. So not even knowing their musical skills yet or really proficiency, I met with each of them and just sat them down and basically said what I just said. I said, Hey, I don't know if you feel this way or not, but I want to be proactive. I want to thank you for your years of service here and, and let you know, I'm excited to serve with you now. I'm excited to have you on the team. Don't exactly know what it looks like yet. Cause I'm new. I'm learning all you guys, but you're on the team. I'm thankful for you. Let's do this together. And man, I cannot tell you how that simple conversation just broke down walls, ice, all, all that. And it's been great. And kind of going off that, I think one of the best gifts to our church has been, you know, some of the older uh, couples in our church. And and I, I think because you they're the ones they in have, their 40s, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much the ones that are like 35 ah. and up. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's really old couples. Um yeah, but I think like they have so much they have so much wisdom whether whether or not you agree with all of it. Uh and I think just he- asking them 
to speak into things and taking, even if you're not going to be able to take all of it, you're probably not going to be able to do it. But I think letting them share wisdom because you may grab like a nugget and an insight from them uh, that really just changes your perspective on how you're leading that kind of demographic in your church. I know one of the best gifts to us is early on was uh, an old couple named um, uh, Bernie and Darlene in our, in our church. And they, they planted with us, one of their questions when they came to our church was like, "Are you taking old people?" Uh, and 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 the answer was, "Man, we're 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 praying that we'd be multi-denominate." No. Yeah, yeah, thirty-five <laughs> and below, thirty-five and below. Come on. Um, but but one of the best things that they did for at least worship ministry was I was able to like early on just tell them, "Hey, like I need you guys to speak into what we're doing because we don't want to just lead to one age group. Like this is multi-generational. This is the yeah. church biblically. So if if the drums are like crazy loud and we're just missing it, like let us know. If I said something that didn't make sense, you know, it wasn't clear, just just I want you to be able to speak into that because I need it. We need it because I I'm not 65 years old. I'm this yeah. age. So I, you know, I need you to help me. And I think a giving opportunity for some of those older members on your team or in your church, um, you got to be careful. You don't want to let everybody into this, but I think mm-hmm. <laughs> the ones that you trust uh, that can add so much wisdom and insight to what you're doing. Great point. Yeah. So right now um, I'm in currently in two different scenarios, right? Cause one is we're, we're planting, we're starting. So um, there's where uh, we have, I mean, we're not like a big band. We're just, uh, I mean, we're five of us, but three of us, I mean, it's kind of like the same age, but we're giving in this opportunity also to our kids. So we have two of our kids like getting into it. So, I mean, it has been special to see also like other generations come and get into there. I mean, probably we'll need like more work, more attention and all of that, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's something that we're starting in them that is, I know is going to be, a blessing that is starting right now and is going to go from now to, I don't know, to that, that will show what they have for, for them. But the other scenario that I am is uh, I'm part of the worship band and, and the church that is uh, sending us. And we have a leader, um, uh, uh, Austin knows him is Sean Patrick. And he is like so intentional with this because right now, for example, we have a, a, um, like an elderly guy that wants to help. And for for a long time, he was like a sound guy, like on the analog and all of that. But now that everything is digital, so all of that, I mean, he had been so intentional and connect with him, giving him opportunities. And it's a special to see like in the in the worship band, like different ages too, and, and be open for that because the church sees that too. Like we are not just like, making a group of what we want right but also like open those opportunities for other people and and that is special because and then everybody will feel that there is a place in the church for them not necessarily in the band right yeah or in the ministry but when they see like for example and what i'm saying like in the little ministry we have like in the church plan some some i'm not gonna say kids they are i have a teenager and but they are there so it's like giving the opportunity also for the church to see, oh, yeah, I mean, this is a place where I can be. So in the same yeah. thing at the other church, right, when we see different generations, then it's like it's a blessing for the whole church, not just for our band, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I think all of these things come naturally to some people and they don't come naturally to other people, you know? And um, 
And so these ideas that you guys have floated out today have just been super helpful, I think, because if maybe just one, if you're listening to this, if just one or two of these things have stuck with you, uh, I wrote all of them down on a piece of paper. But if you have one or two of these things that stick, man, just start to implement, start to connect, start to do things uh, that will make a difference. And, um, you know, right before we got on to recording the podcast, Stephen said, you know, the old phrase that you've probably heard, but it's like just as true today as it's ever been. And that is that people uh, won't care what you, uh, wait, how's it go? Oh my gosh, I said it wrong. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Yes, that. So you can't blow people over with your incredible wisdom and knowledge and musical astuteness. They don't care until, yeah. until they feel you, you know? And so, right. and so give them your heart. You know, like even the Apostle Paul, right? He said, we gave you the word of God and our very selves. So it wasn't yeah. just his wisdom and his knowledge that won over the crowd. It was Paul himself who poured himself out for people. So work hard at that. Um, the, one, the last thing I would say, especially in regard to the working with particularly people that are older than you, uh, and we talk about this in Worship Leader Essentials, but working with people older than you is like work hard. Show that you're showing up on time. Get the music out on time. Be ready. Don't stare at your music during practice the whole time. Like, act like you've actually played through it a time or two before. Be ready. Like, work hard. Be good at what you do. Do the best you can with what you have. Uh, because there's nothing that will turn somebody older than you off quicker than seeming like you're just getting by and just barely, just like floating through stuff. So, anyway, win the day that way. All right, I'm going to have these guys back on some future podcasts, and they're going to be awesome, and uh, we're going to talk about some more stuff, so I know that they're going to keep pouring into you. So thanks for uh, listening and joining into the Worship Leader Essentials podcast, and uh, we will be with you uh, back in a couple of weeks. You can subscribe to more of our trainings and more of our, um, uh, more of our videos and things that we put out at Worship Catalyst on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. So God bless you guys. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast. We'll be back soon with another helpful episode. For more information and resources, or to connect with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com.